I can't believe it, man. Finally, an episode I could get behind. This was a fucking blast. I had such a good time. <laughs> I was audibly gasping at parts. I know. I was like, what? Like, this is the Riverdale I miss. And yeah. we have two episodes left. I know. It finally struck the balance between cringy and fun. Because that has really been Riverdale's niche location. And mm-hmm. they really haven't hit that mark in a long long time and so for them to hit it now it's like oh my god you can still do that and yeah you're just choosing not to what's the what's the problem there were still questions and confusing oh yes parts. i have notes yeah but other than that i mean we finally got classic riverdale plot and i was excited for several parts of this <laughs> yes yeah. developments came to light that were mm-hmm. both unexpected and ridiculous and it was <laughs> yes so fun this is i hate it let's watch it i'm lisa and i'm dawn and to get us started here's our 60 second summary this week's episode was a wild ride, and for once we actually enjoyed the heck out of it. Reminiscent of ridiculous plotlines gone by, we got reveal after reveal of progressively more batshit information, and it's a lot to break down, so let's start with the least surprising bits. Archie is considering joining the Merchant Marines after Clay tells him lots of writers and poets had military careers, and Uncle Frank is all for it until Archie explains he's doing it to improve his poetry. This prompts Uncle Frank to use Fred's legacy to pressure Archie into joining the army instead, you know, where the real men are. Mary catches wind of this and finally puts him in his place, kicking him out of the house. Meanwhile, next door, Betty inadvertently uncovers a big secret. Ethel is actually Hal's daughter and her own half-sister. Alice leans on this as an excuse for her disgusting behavior towards Betty, and for some reason, Betty forgives her. The Coopers offer to adopt Ethel, and Ethel makes the very wise choice not only to decline, but to also up and leave Riverdale for good. Take us with you, Ethel. And we finally find out that Clifford Blossom is behind the Milkman murders of this season, but that's not all. He and Penelope were also secretly working for the Russians to build a Palladium bomb and were killing anyone who got in their way, which is somehow both wild and very on brand for the Blossoms. Only two episodes left, and it's going to be hard to top that. Okay, where do you want to start? I, I Oh my god, I don't even know. I can't know. even decide. Um, so, oh god. Okay, um, I know how to start. So okay. the episode starts with Jughead's normal voiceover about how they keep going to the movies because now his girlfriend owns a movie theater, so he just sees all the movies. Yeah, that was such a brag, too. I know, like, right? Well, we and get in like, free now, and it's, it's like, like, whatever. Shut up. You guys hooked up once. Mm-hmm. All right, get over yourself. So that helps frame this episode in a way, a weird way, which we'll kind of get into because it's like... Yeah, I feel like there was no continuity with that it's, at all. Yeah, it's, it's kind of strange, but they do use it to set up the four storylines which are really three because the mysterious melting man is very correlated with project moloch moloch yeah there's overlap there the other two are pretty independent of each other shipping out and driver's education which driver's education was not a main no it played a very small role i feel like there was some other way to get ethel's birth certificate out into the open (laughs) Right. (laughs) And as we kind of discussed outside of the podcast very briefly, there's a strange black and white thing happening in this episode. It's inconsistent. I don't understand why they were using it when they were using it and why they weren't using it when they weren't using it. And given the title of the episode... What was the title of the episode? For a Better Tomorrow. Okay. But next week's episode is New Age of Television or something television, and I would think that that would play more of a role, the black and white. But regardless, I just kind of felt like it didn't really fit the plot at all. And I, given what we were talking about, I would think that color would have been a little more, um, I don't know, it just would have been more fitting for, you know, the melting man. And I honestly don't hate that parts of it were in black and white. I think if they were going to do that, they should have just gone black and white the whole episode. Yeah. Because I think it was just kind of weird and distracting with it not being black like and white. Like they kept the, the more time. serious parts black and white. And maybe if I went back and watched it again which I won't do, but Mm -mm. if I were to do that, I might look to see if the parts that are in black and white were kind of the stylized movie parts and then like the other stuff was like more realistic. I don't know, but regardless. So which story should, maybe we should start with the other two that are kind of independent and then we'll work our way up to 
Jughead and Cheryl and all that. Let's start with Archie because I am fucking finally proud oh of this motherfucker. Oh my god. Well, let's be real. Mary had to stand up for him first before he That took actually... a while. Yeah. Though. That's what pissed me off because this whole episode and even prior, anytime Uncle Frank ran his mouth, why isn't she defending her son? Because she hasn't been here. She's literally not oh, been yeah, around just, for like the past Does she live at the episodes. store? Like We honestly don't see her. <laughs> We don't, but it just like the majority of the episode, she did not speak up at all until the end. But she did give it to Uncle Frank pretty hard. She laid into him. Oh, it was fantastic. And even Archie had his little jabs. Yes. About like reading a book and shit. I was like, that was cool. Like, I think Mary had to do it first. And then he was like, oh, I guess it's okay to talk to Uncle Frank like this. But Uncle Frank's just writing Archie about this whole poetry thing. Like, he really hates that. Like, get over it. Right. Dude. And then Archie bumps into Clay and Kevin, who are discussing joining the Merchant Marines. Which seems fitting for them. It does. And Clay, of course, tries to recruit Archie by saying that there are all these beat writers who were uh, also in the service at some point. And, you know, it gives them like life experience and whatever. And so Archie's like, that sounds super duper and (laughs) wants to sign up. And then, of course, when Uncle Frank finds out about this, he could not be happier because he's like, oh, a military man. It'll make you a man. Yes. And Archie's like, actually, Uncle Frank, it's going to help make you a poet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it for my poetry, Uncle Frank. to be fair, is not the right way to enter the military, like, with that mentality. Because it's... it's... Like, you'll have the moments where you will write and that's all fine and good. Yeah. But... To make that your reasoning for joining is not exactly Yeah, that's not what they're looking for. And I think when he mentions that, because in this little merchant meeting or whatever, Archie was like, so like, will we get to travel and see the places that we're employed to? And the guy was like, no, this isn't a fucking cruise. Like, (laughs) Right. And not all of you will even make it. it. Oh, my God. It was just so funny. And even when Clay and Kevin initially bring it up to him, they're trying to tie a knot. And Archie, yeah. like, teaches them. And then as Clay is, like, convincing him that he should join, he's like, well, I do love knots. And I'm like, <laughs> <such> what? An <laughs> what a fucking weird thing to say. He's such a doofus. He's such a dork. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's part of why I feel like he really doesn't push back against Uncle Frank as much as he should. Like, he just doesn't understand, I think. No, probably not. He can't. He can't catch on that well, that's for sure. Yeah, although, so what's unclear to me is, so at some point, Uncle Frank comes to Archie when he's working out in the garage or whatever, and he uses Fred and Fred's military service to basically try to convince Archie, go to the army, not the merchant marine. The army's like really where it's fucking at. And also, don't you want your dad to be proud of you? Don't you want him to, you know, have his memory honor, blah, blah, blah. And it's very obviously manipulative but Archie's like next move is to find his dad's dog tags and like wear them as a necklace well no Frank gave him the dog tags oh okay right but Archie and that's how he tried to yeah that's how he tried to sell them because he was like here are your dad's dog tags he'd want you to have them and don't you know like and this was like the worst part because you could tell he was fucking lying right he's like he wasn't drafted he volunteered oh right fuck off he knew how important it was to shut up bro So Mary sees Archie wearing the dog tags the next day. And then I guess Archie tells her about their conversation. But what is unclear to me is if Archie understood what Uncle Frank was doing or if... Or if he didn't and he just relayed the conversation to Mary and she realized what he was doing. (laughs) I think it's the latter for sure. Because then when she does confess frank she gives it to him so hard because then she's like you didn't even serve right so shut your fucking yeah. mouth and it was like finally somebody said something right what a great point mary it was a great point and it gets to the point where she kicks him out of the house yes which and can we just acknowledge reggie is sitting at the table with them Poor for, reggie. for all of this he has like two lines in this whole episode and the rest of it is just him witnessing all of this going on yep so yeah she does kick him out and 
Uncle Frank's like, well, I guess I can go hang out with Tom Keller. Yeah, you bachelors. He, yeah, he's like, he just got some similar marching orders. And it was like, um, sir. Shh, enough. <laughs> Maybe look at yourselves, though, because if that's, you know, the problem here, um, it's you. It's not them. Um, exactly. He was trying to play the victim there. And it was like, no, you're you're wrong. Right. And even when he's like, I'm going to miss your pop yeah. pies. She's and like, she's you're like, so welcome for dinner, you asshat. Right? Like, I'm not, like, <laughs> never going to talk yeah. to you again. You're just... Just a horrible influence and like really mean to my son. Like right. <laughs> you're forcing my son into the army, so get the fuck out of my he just house. Just needs supervised visits from now on. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I think I wrote this down because in the beginning of the episode though, I wrote Uncle Frank can suck a dick. Can't marry ever intervene. So that was interesting that that later did happen. Yeah, I, I honestly, it's not that I forgot that she existed, but it really has been a long time since we've seen her parenting. She was in that episode for Miss Teen Riverdale helping with the dresses. Yes. But that was it. And then I think even before that, it was when she tattled on Betty and Veronica for living together at the Pembroke. I feel like that was maybe the last time. So we maybe saw her she does that. live at the store. Maybe. I mean, she she's the only one running it, I guess. Oh, that's what I wanted to say. The way. Uncle Frank has been with Archie. Everything is about pushing him out. Mm -hmm. And I kind of felt like pushing him away, pushing him out, getting him just out of the house. And I'm like, does he want to bone <laughs> He just wants to be alone with Mary. <laughs> is there some like underlying <laughs> cause I don't for know. this? But honestly, the unbridled glee on his mustached face when he was talking about Archie not having to go to college. Mm -hmm. It was like, why do you not want this man to get an education? <laughs> and again, like that fucking mustache makes it so much more sinister. I and I, it's like it snidely me. Whiplash. Like, he used to be on my hot dad's list. I mean, he is on the hot dad's list, but pre-mustache. Lest we forget, Canon Uncle Frank is a dad, and he abandoned his family when he became a mercenary. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that is neither here nor there. Hashtag tragic backstory. So, <laughs> are we ready to, uh, to ship out from shipping out? We can ship out. Fabulous. Let's talk about driver's education. Yes. So, this story really starts in a very different place than where it ends. <laughs> Oh, it takes a turn. A left and, turn. Uh, Signal, uh, ladies. Yeah. Signal, ladies. Can I tell you that's the coolest <laughs> Wait, driver's head? Is that how they actually used to do it? Because that's kind of wild. That is very wild. For those of you that did not watch it. Paint the scene. It, it's going to be hard to imagine this because I, th I don't think I even thought of this as a concept. But they're all sitting at desks that have a wheel attached to them and I guess pedals as well. And they simulate driving and like Mrs. Grundy is walking around and she holds up like a stop sign when they need to stop and I guess Which they break. Is yeah, they so they have the pedals, <laughs> the wheel, they have a rear view mirror. Oh yeah, that's right. That like comes out of like the front <laughs> of the car, like the the front of whatever. It's this not is. a car, it's a desk. <laughs> it's a desk. It's a desk. It's like attachment. a deconstructed car. <laughs> yeah. And but they have to signal with their arms as opposed to like right. an actual no signal. No turn signals. But I loved how like Miss Grundy was just kind of like having a normal conversation right. and telling them something and then in the middle she'd throw up a stop sign. Yeah. And then they'd all like Slam, Slam on their, on their brakes. brakes like they're going to crash into a brick wall if they don't. <laughs> oh my god, it was great. But so I was funny. like, I feel like that would be so much more helpful in general. Like, if that's how they used to do it, why did they stop? Yeah, I mean... I, I have to say, having the practical experience of driving in a car is very helpful. Well, no, because they end up doing that after. Right. But it's like yeah. that pre-getting used to, I guess, like the gear shifting. Mm -hmm. That's kind of nice than like just being thrown into it and being like, okay, go. <laughs> well, I mean, I learned to drive in like an empty church parking lot. So I feel like the stakes were pretty low there. I just don't think you could learn enough about driving at a desk car true but it is a step up <laughs> it's interesting like, yeah like from yeah. just the because i remember you know the the class there was two parts of the class it was driving yep. the car and then it was sitting there listening to somebody tell you about traffic patterns and like whatever so like if that had involved Don't cross a double line yeah come on, if that had involved a desk car maybe it would have been more fun mm -hmm. so anyway we digress Betty is kind of doing this as like an, a fuck you to Alice because... <laughs> Which I love because it's just getting worse. Yeah. And like after Alice slaps her across the face, she's like, oh, well, you'll still want me to drive you places. It's like, in what fucking world? Like, why are you even still on speaking terms? 
Right, and I love the scenarios because we get Hal at the kitchen table, which is rare. Yeah, welcome back, Hal. And Betty comes down and she's like, oh, Ethel, you ready to walk to school? And Hal's Mm -hmm. like, well, your mom can drive you. And she's like, absolutely not. (laughs) Not in a million years. And they just keep kind of bringing up scenarios because then Alice is like, well, when it starts raining Mm -hmm. cats and dogs and she's going to watch. And she's like, nope. Yep. Like, get it through your fucking head. (laughs) I don't want anything to do with you. And then at that point, it's like, why don't you ask your dad and really shove it in her face? Like, be like, Dad, can you drive us? Like, we don't want your mom to drive. But it was just kind of funny. And throughout, which I just want to bring up really quick because it bothered me, the continuity issue. Um, <laughs> why did Betty's hair go from ponytail to short again? Several times. Extensions were not in the 50s. Interesting. So. I didn't, I didn't, I don't notice and that stuff. how I first noticed was the initial, that scene where, mm-hmm. talking about getting to school, she has a ponytail. Mm-hmm. then it's part of the driver's ed where Ethel's in the car and she's doing her parallel parking. <laughs> right. And they're all on the steps, mm-hmm. like, cheering her on. And that's when Betty's hair was short. And like, what is going on? <laughs> and then <laughs> another scene, it was back in the ponytail. And then at the end, it's short again. Mm. And I'm like, make up your mind. I mean, Betty's ponytail is iconic and therefore, I guess, transcends a uh, time <laughs> time and space i mean it does but then they, they should that is more 50s-esque and they should have just kept it that way i do like her short hair though i think she looks good i do that. it's very fitting yeah but sorry i just had to bring up no that that's okay lights. so they they're all working very hard they all pass their driving tests or whatever and so mrs grundy tells everybody okay we're gonna take a field trip to the dmv at the end of the week and get your licenses and everybody just needs to bring their birth certificate with them and ethel gets all weird so betty goes to her she saw that there was something up yeah and she's like okay well my birth certificate is still in the house where my parents were murdered and like i don't really want to go back in there betty's like no worries, I'll go get it for you. Honestly thought that that was the only issue. Yeah, I thought I'm so like, too. Oh, that's why she's that's why she's weird. Although like, that's... Yeah, Ethel didn't know until Right, Ethel didn't know. But it... but th- I guess I felt like just the issue at hand was Right. She was afraid she couldn't find a birth certificate like that was it. Yeah, I thought that there was like I thought you know, of all the people who to be Russian in this episode, I thought maybe like she was secretly Russian. <laughs> Russian born because Mrs. Of all Grundy, the people. Because well, Mrs. Grundy did say, like, they just want to make sure you're not a communist, basically. So I thought maybe there was some kind of skeleton in that closet. So Betty goes to the house and she finds the lockbox that Ethel directed her to. And when she opens it, it's just fucking bursting with receipts from the Coopers paying the mugs. Mugs. I was about to say the doilies. I'm like, no, no, wait, that's not a different family. No. So Betty's like, what the fuck? And then she finds the photo of. <laughs> Of Hal holding a baby. It's like, This is when I'm like (laughs) sitting at my desk because I watched it at seven o'clock this morning. Oh, no. And I'm like, she's Hal's. Like, I just like, (laughs) I'm talking to myself. Thank God nobody was in the office yet. And I'm just like, this is what I'm talking about. This is the shit I miss. No, I know. And first of all, it was so ridiculous for a lot of reasons. But for, for one, for this photo to even exist, like... Why? Why did they allow this photo to be taken? <laughs> and why did they, right? And why did and why they, did they keep it? it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless maybe they thought they might need to prove, but that, but then like, what are you gonna say? Oh, that baby kind of looks like him, so he must be the dad. Anyway, regardless, yeah. Betty takes the receipts back to her parents, and she's like, "What the fuck are these?" And Hal tries to oh, lie. He just goes. He is not good at it. He's like, "Oh well, you know, Mrs. Muggs was our." housekeeper for a while so obviously they're housekeeping receipts and Betty's like um I've lived in this house for the past 16 17 years and I don't remember ever seeing Mrs. Muggs come over and clean her house and he keeps trying because she's like what about this photo who's this baby this is not me this is not Polly who are you holding in this photo and like why does this photo exist his reason for that was plausible what was it again what did he say they asked him to be the godfather oh right 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 which okay but then like it's still a weird photo. Weird, but also yeah. like if the first part of the lie was true. Yeah. And she was close enough to, they were close enough to the family because she was the housekeeper. Yeah. And then asked, I mean, I, but it would this be, is me trying to make it I know, this is very kind of you because I know. also I'm like, trying. 
Also, this was kept secret for no reason then, because like, why would Ethel not know that he was her godfather? And why would Betty not know that? So fair. <laughs> it's a very fair. stupid cover story. And Alice finally butts in and puts an end to it. And she's, she's like, like, you're horrible. At yeah. This. <laughs> Can we just come clean? Because this is not going well. So she kicks Hal out and is finally going to have this conversation with Betty. And she tells her that Mrs. Muggs was the housekeeper before Betty was born. And, and how couldn't keep it in his pants. <laughs> and honestly, I'm trying to remember what Mrs. Muggs looks like because I don't know. No, we got like a glimpse of them. Yeah, a but a glimpse of them. But we got more of her in actual like season one Riverdale. Oh, don't ask me to remember that. Well, this this was when um, Ethel's dad almost like he tried to commit suicide because he lost so much money with Hiram going into business with Hiram. Ah, yes, yes, yes. So she was in that for a little bit. But anyway, they start having an affair. Alice suspected, but it was only confirmed when Mrs. Muggs got prego. And basically, the the deal they came to was that the Muggses were going to raise the baby as their own as long as they paid child support until she was 16. It's an odd arrangement. Very odd arrangement. And, like, hard to believe that all of them were able to keep it a secret. I mean, given now how much the Muggses were involved in. Right, yeah, because we're not done with the Muggses. We're not done. (laughs) So it's kind of interesting that this fucking episode gave us the most about this family that I've ever heard. So much information. So much information about a lot of families, to be honest. So I wonder if that ties into why this arrangement happened. Kind of like a security thing. I think we're done with this. I think all of these stories are over after this. No, episode. they they have to be over. They oh, so you're just spe- I'm you're saying, speculating. Yeah, okay, I'm just speculating that maybe the reason why they asked for the child support was because Mister Muggs's hair was job, falling out. I'm putting an air. <laughs> I'm putting an air quotes. His job wasn't very um sufficient. Oh, I mean, as a janitor for the the maple factory, maple syrup factory. And what he's gone through. Right. I mean, mean, he went through a lot of shit. So, I mean, this is he might not have even been able to have children given what he was exposed to. Right. So this, I mean, I think it probably (laughs) oddly ties together. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree, but I also don't know that they put that much thought into it. Probably not. I've been trying to make these scenarios way more. You have logical. I'm trying it's, here. But it's like, impressive. I, mean, I, I don't have the patience for that. Again, we could have written this show. We could have. We would have done a much better job. They could have just thrown us the scenarios and we would have just put it all together and Seriously. figured out a great plot line. But yeah. whatever. Nope. They missed their chance. And I'm sorry, we're just on to bigger and better projects. But the only thing I will say, this is one of the few notes I have to this episode that are significant to me. I don't appreciate how they tried to explain Alice's behavior and justify Alice's behavior. Yeah. By telling us this backstory and making it sound like she's been through this really horrible trauma. And that's why she's treated Betty this horribly. I would think it should have been the opposite, but whatever. That, and I was also shocked that she took Ethel in so willingly. But then treated her like garbage, like especially when it came to the... Yes and no. Riverdale. I mean, she was trying, she was treating her better than Betty because she was trying to make a point to Betty. Well, yeah, that was, but that was out of spite. That had nothing to do with Ethel. True. That had nothing to do with Ethel. She was just uh, in the crosshairs, but it was... She was a lot meaner to Betty than she was ever mean to Ethel. True, but she did end up kind of making Ethel her slave during the whole little bit. Riverdale yeah. thing. But I do think that... Oh, and maybe that's why she didn't want that coming out. I don't know. Maybe she thought that if the focus was on Ethel and her family, that it might come out that her dad was not her dad. Maybe. maybe. Again, I'm doing the like for her. Yeah, <laughs> or maybe she's trying it. to make it up for her knowing her real backstory and being like, this poor yeah, girl deserves I, this. I feel like she wouldn't think that she owed Ethel anything. Fair. I'm imagining her as sort of like a Catelyn Stark of Game of Thrones scenario here. I see her more as a Cersei myself. Okay, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But I was thinking 
specifically I know where you're going yeah, specifically this. in terms of her treatment of Jon Snow and so I kind of would have expected Alice to behave more child childishly yes, agreed so she and Betty have this really long heart to heart about it and Betty is just a better person than I am I think but she's she willing way to understand seriously she was willing to kind of put their issues to rest because of all of this garbage and I just don't think that's enough no it was a horrible excuse to get Alice out of the doghouse with this whole situation right it reminded me of when she joined the cult and then they tried to explain away all the horrible things she did to Betty when she was in the cult like give away all of her college money and just like generally abandon her and then they're like oh but she was also working for the FBI the whole time so like she was right, just pretending so like she gets a pass. And it's like, it's no, like, she still did all this shit to Betty and made her feel like garbage. Like you can't, you can't take that back. You can't fucking do that. It was a wild thing. And at that point, Betty takes the reins as she always does. And she's like, we need to have a full blown sit down, all of us. Mm-hmm. And Ethel needs to know what's going on. And they end up doing it. And again, I feel like Hal should have spoken more. Right. Like, he's very involved. You're the dad. (laughs) You are the dad. He's the reason for the season. (laughs) Yeah. And Ethel was just... And I loved this because they full-blown... The fact that they're still calling... Oh, Mrs. Cooper Mm -hmm. and I decided that we want to adopt you. Right. And it's like... Okay, she's fucking 17. She doesn't need you. And it's like, again, this just isn't how we solve. Like, yeah, you're just kind of putting her trauma under the rug and thinking this is and she comes right out and says, I don't want that. Right. Which good on her. She wisely (laughs) detects. She's like, you know what? Y'all are bad parents. And I had bad parents. (laughs) Right. Like, I don't need to go through this again. Yeah, I'm done. (laughs) I see how you fucking treat Betty. Exactly. And Holly, so, no. But she's like, no, I want a fresh start. I won this shit from the pageant. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm, I'm out of here. It and running with it, and which was. With, oh, with Benjamin ahead. Button. <laughs> she moved on real fucking quick. The best was when Jug hits like our Benjamin Button. Yeah. Oh, no. The Brad Pitt Benjamin Button. I found that so funny because he was even like blown away. But like, I don't even know why they needed to give her that. I guess like yeah it was a last minute and she just had that really sad vision at the Miss Teen Riverdale pageant or whatever about about Jughead being her boyfriend and now she's like I'm with Ben now we're in love and we're gonna run off together and it's like what that's why nothing is real or makes sense um (sighs) again the end it's (laughs) the end (laughs) the end well that's exactly what happens at the end right but it's very um one tree hill season six finale you know driving off into the sunset in a convertible but it's the whole she's going to california because she does she did win like the screen test thing Mm -hmm. but then at the same time there's veronica oh i set you up in the el royale which yeah comment nod nod Bad things happen at the El Royale. That's true. Yes. So I'm a little like, I'm weary for her, but I hope everything works out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I doubt we'll find out, but I think we're meant to assume that she's on to bigger and better things. So I think the the general rule of thumb in this time period, because we could see it with Polly too. If you want a better life, get out of Riverdale. You gotta leave. (laughs) You gotta gotta get out. And I love that she just got her license and she's going to drive cross country. But that's cool. I mean, there are fewer cars on the road in the 50s. She'll probably be okay. Most of it's farmland. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, let's round off this episode with the last two stories that are very much connected. Yes, they are connected. Take us away. Yes. So it begins, as I mentioned, Jughead's at the movies at the beginning of this episode, and when he's leaving, he sees this melting man stumbling down the street. It was kind of gross. I'm glad it wasn't in color, to be honest with you. It was pretty gross. His, like, skin's kind of melting off or whatever, and so Sheriff Keller is pursuing this man and shoots him dead. (laughs) Which a little odd because we hear the voiceover of Jughead saying that oh they thought maybe he had leprosy and right like, you're gonna shoot this poor guy because he yeah. has leprosy yeah unless he was also insane and was going to infect as many people like, there's really no reason it was like did you see how much blood how fast the blood was pouring out of him well he had no skin left so I guess it was just kind of you know I guess but it was out. just like holy shit like again Maybe it was good it was not color because <laughs> he's on the ground and you just see it like... That's probably why it was so... They probably just exploded a bottle of chocolate syrup underneath like when, him. <laughs> like when you see like 
when a sprinkler is left on it's just pumping out like that's what it looked like Gross. Not a sprinkler a hose <laughs> so ethel happens to be there as well with ben obviously they're on a movie date and yeah. she mentions that the man was wearing the same uniform her father used to wear when he worked at the blossom maple syrup factory so jughead logs this little nugget away for later and then he goes to visit Dr. Curdle, who they didn't bother to change his name or like anything about him in the 50s. He's just like a timeless entity. And well, in the in the present, it's the son. Right. So oh, OK. Her- so it's his father. Right. Or we're supposed to think of his father. I don't know. That doesn't feel like Yeah, because Dr. Curdle Jr. is in the present. Yeah. But how old would you say he is in the 50s? 30 at the most? 35? Yeah, sure. So plus 50 to the year 2000, would he would be like 85. Well, he was dead. But he was in the first season. He was in the first season or two. And then I think the actor died. And then that's when they brought in Dr. Curdle Jr. But like he would be so he okay. We're, this again. Is, this is not important. Timelines. We can't even. <laughs> this is not but, important. No, this was a whole bribery situation. Yes, I kind of enjoyed this that Doctor Curdle could be bribed with comics. <laughs> <laughs> we need these comics to work in our favor somehow. Uh, yeah. So basically, Jughead is like, listen, I can get you these comics. <laughs> these illegal um, comics. They're contraband. right because we can't fucking sell them anywhere. So. And he's like, I am loving these. Bring bring it on. Yeah. And he tries to get the um, autopsy report. And he finds out that he has acute radiation poisoning. Right. Which, very specific. Yeah. And, I mean, definitely triggers you to think in a certain direction, especially given the time period. And also, if anybody else has seen Oppenheimer lately, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. I'm behind on that. But <laughs> but you know what it's about. <laughs> I know what it's about. I listen to Lapotl. I know. Obviously. And we find out, so Jughead wants to look at the autopsy. And he's like, oh, no can do because Mayor Blossom has taken it. Of course. Because he's a fucking douchebag. And we find out <gasps> a bigger reason. Spoilers. <laughs> so... Jughead takes this information and he goes to Ethel and is like, hey, did your dad ever feel sick while he was working at the Blossom Maple factory? And Ethel's like, well, he did drink a lot, but it was because like he had joint pain and uh, stomach pain and uh, he was losing his hair. (laughs) It's just like, oh, yeah, I mean, those symptoms kind of kind of do really add up there, don't they? And so she kind of gently tells Jughead to leave it alone. But of course, Jughead does not leave it alone. He, he wants to avenge a lot of deaths in this season. And right. Because he he's putting together now that these must all be correlated. Because I guess at some point, Brad Rayberry told him that he worked at the Blossom Maple Factory. Yes. Which I don't remember. I don't remember that either. Okay, I almost good. wonder I if it I was retconned. It. But maybe, yeah, maybe it was just like a blip or something that we missed. But I'll get to that later when we talk about like how this all resolves because mm-hmm. I just I, I feel like that's one of those things that like wasn't really jiving. This for was me. a great tag team, by the way. I was very yes, happy. it's an unusual pairing, I think. Yep. But before we get to that, they watch a video in class about what to do in the event of an atomic, an atomic bomb. bomb. And my favorite part is afterwards when they're all talking about their plan. This was the best (laughs) conversation. Everyone's like, this is what I would do if a bomb hit. And they're all stupid. Archie's like, whose was the best? I'm just going to get in my car and drive west because the bomb can't get me past the Rockies. And it's like, okay. Also, it was just (laughs) wanting to get away from Uncle Frank. Yeah, that too. (laughs) The bomb can take him out. I don't give a shit. I'm just sacrifice Uncle Frank and run. I also love that. Oh, well, I didn't love because she's fucking at. Oh, Veronica's like, oh, under the Pembroke is this like underground thing that it's like its own town or whatever. And then she's like, Juggykins. And I wanted to throw up. Yeah. But she's like, you can come. Fuck everybody else, but you can come. And then Cheryl was saying, oh, the mines, obviously. Right. Or, and she's like, oh, well, I'll need to be warm. So, Tony, you could come. And I'm like, is everybody thinking about sex during the Seriously? atomic bomb? I mean, to be fair. Yeah. If you're going to die, maybe that's how yeah. you want to go out. Kevin wants to be in a fridge, which is <laughs> right. That fantastic. was, yeah, that was definitely um, a myth, a common myth at the time. Mm-hmm. People thought that you could do that. And of course, Clay is the one who's like, guys, those are all really stupid ideas. We're all just going to die. 
Yeah, <laughs> he's like, very depressing about great. it. Great. Thank you, Clay. And then, of course, this does lead our favorite big dicked Dilton Doily to show Archie that he's got, oh no, Jughead, to show Jughead, Jughead. that he's got a fucking bunker. The sex bunker. The sex bunker I'm makes so its first. It's so clean and shiny. Oh my gosh. It's like amazing. <laughs> It's beautiful. See, this is interesting, though, because I thought that Dilton Doily built the bunker in the first season. Like, I thought that's what they said. And it was always confusing right, to me. It like, was how... always his bunker. Yeah. It was confusing to me how he had managed to do that as a child. But this does now, kind of make sense it. if this was like what they were trying to say happened and how it arrived. But anyway. Also, was his dad the teacher or was he just doing a presentation? Oh, I think he was the teacher. He was the teacher. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I kind of missed that, though, because I wasn't really paying attention. Just backtracking a little bit. <laughs> Clifford Blossom, at the very beginning of the episode, gets this weird green statue. Which, in all fairness, I'd probably have in my house. You absolutely would. That is your aesthetic, 100%. Not really Clifford Blossom's aesthetic. No, that's why it was odd from the start. But it's the Moloch. It's the deity that... It's funny. Um, It's only acquired through child sacrifice, which makes sense for Clifford Blossom, I guess. Well, it would in the normal Riverdale timeline, but he hasn't sacrificed any children that I'm aware of. Nope, not till the future. <laughs> yeah, not, not until far <laughs> in the future. Um, I also thought it was funny that General Taylor's name got mentioned as the one who dropped it off. And it's like, oh, remember that guy? You know, the dirty mission in season five. Yes, the dirty mission. <laughs> God. Anyway, so there's sketchy stuff. Obviously, we've already heard that there's something weird going on at the Blossom Maple Factory. And Cheryl is kind of like suspicious and Jughead is suspicious. And one night, Cheryl goes downstairs and overhears her parents Clifford speaking Russian. Penelope speaking Russian. And I'm so sorry that she like could not understand them because what they were saying was so very comically Russian supervillain of like, we can't wait to return to the motherland with our bounty. And it's just oh, like, right. what the fuck is happening? It was... It was fantastic. And the fact that it was in black and white made it yes. better. Yeah. But like. I was gleeful when this happened. Yes. I was so excited. And I loved how quick Cheryl was to agree. Yes. Because, you know, somebody comes to you and starts accusing right. your family yeah. of crazy shit. Murder. Like, yeah. And she's like, wait a minute, but my dad was just <laughs> Russian. So. so this actually really tracks. This may work out. Um, so let me check out the mines and shit. And she finds some crazy shit down there. Right. Yeah. She's behind a painting because she's wandering around and like feels a draft and behind this painting of dogs. <laughs> and she like pushes on it, I guess. And it opens. It's this secret closet containing like six milkman uniforms and then this very beautiful set of of glass milk bottles. Empty milk yeah, bottles. Empty milk bottles just sitting there on like a little table. And it's just like, oh, okay, what the fuck is all this for? What an interesting way yes. to correlate go these about. Things. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't associate a milkman with anything. Really. No. Um, that came alone. out of left field. Like, why milk? Why milk? Yeah. Because, like, why not, a, not a, a syrup a, delivery man or something? Or something Russian. Like, is milk Russian, Russian related? <laughs> I mean, white Russians, I guess. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so, how, oh shit. How does the palladium come into it? Because... Wasn't it because of what Clifford was talking about? And then, no. Joke had some somehow finds out about it i think hold on now i gotta go to the riverdale wiki oh okay here we go so it's kind of both we we were p both kind of right so Jug okay jughead questions if dilton's dad thinks that riverdale could be a target because he built the bunker so obviously he must think that there's some kind of real threat and so that's when Dilton tells the story about a year before Ethel's parents were killed. Her dad showed up to Dilton's house with some palladium to see if it was worth anything and said that he had swiped it from work and Clifford Blossom had a bunch of it that he was planning uh -huh. to do something with. And then Dilton's dad started building the bunker. So I guess he had discovered that palladium in its inert state is harmless, but in its yes. pure form, concentrated and compressed it can be more volatile than plutonium and more destructive than a hydrogen bomb. 
So I am now probably on some kind of government watch list because I immediately went to Google to be like, can you build a bomb with palladium? And started Googling the explosive properties of palladium. You better erase that (laughs) search history. Yeah, so I'm definitely going to be arrested sometime soon. But my results were inconclusive. I have no idea. I don't think it's as dangerous as they were leading us to believe because I oh, feel like had to have made that up. Yeah, because I feel like people would be talking about palladium bombs if that was even remotely possible. And then, okay, I'm glad that I'm here because it says Jughead recalls reading a comic by Brad Rayberry yes. about a palladium bomb destroying a small town. And so that is how he connects Brad Rayberry to the Blossoms because apparently he he says that he works there. I honestly don't remember hearing that. At I any point really in time. don't either. But I mean, allegedly. So that's the thin the thin line holding this all together. But essentially, Jughead and Cheryl work together. They go to the mines and they take lots of pictures of what is actually going on. Oh yeah, and there's like a guard outside, like one of them, which I'm surprised didn't catch them because they were pretty fucking obvious. The flash goes off from the camera, right? So. Um. Yeah. I just want to take a moment here now to to fully break down what Jughead's theory is about how this all played out. So he's assuming that the Muggses and Brad Rayberry became targets of Clifford Blossom because they knew too much about the Palladium right. and what he was doing with the Palladium. So he sent some random dude dressed as a milkman to kill them. Right. And we assume that the melting man from the beginning of the episode was also a worker in the mines, perhaps, and was exposed to too much Palladium and therefore needed to be killed before he told anybody what was going on. But he was melting, so I don't think he was yeah. anyway. <laughs> True. And can you get radiation poisoning from palladium? No, but you actually, so in my Google searches, I did find you can get palladium sickness, which oh. is actually pretty awful, like pretty nasty shit. But that's what, like, I didn't think they were taking it to that level. Like, I thought they were just mining no. shit. I didn't think they were, like, no, and going I think... to the lab and doing all that fun stuff. I think that in it, like in its state, like when you mine it, it's not like you touching it is going to give you these exactly these symptoms. It has to be treated in some way. I, I mean, I don't know. We're not getting any more on this. So. Right? No, it's done. I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is all we have. But also, like yeah, okay. they're making it seem that they were actually there was also a lab involved, and they just right. decided well, to start. I mean, the so we do see the FBI bust at the end. Hey, Glenn, how you doing, buddy? Nice to see you again. Right. Because Jughead submits the photos that he and Cheryl take to Glenn because he knew Veronica from when he investigated Hiram for his communist potential. Yes. With Cuba. Yeah, with Videl Bastro or whatever. Whatever they wanted to Whatever the fucking name was. So they basically tell you, they're like, ah. So you were going to build this P-bomb, this palladium bomb, P-bomb. and instead of giving it to America, which is apparently what they were being funded to do, they were going to Mother Russia. Mother Russia gets all the glory. So unfortunately, their plans are thwarted. And I, I didn't quite catch the whole sentence, but it sounded like Penelope was the Russian one and that she had convinced Clifford to do this with her. Like he was an American, but right. she was Russian. And she had like some fucking weird Russian name. They were like... Penelope no- Nova- Novocaine Blossom or Novakovic. <laughs> it was something really fucking stupid. So they get arrested and taken away. And it's very, it's very fun. That was a fun little heist kind of situation. I did read that Cheryl says the line, Daddy, you did a bad thing. Mm. And that goes back to season one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. After Jason's death, something about. Uh, in relation to that yeah possibly i mean he did a lot of bad things back then so he did yeah he did a <laughs> lot of bad things i also did kind of love that jughead obviously very concerned and he says to cheryl like are you in any danger she's like no more than normal right like this is just another day really right like i mean my parents i you know this is this is life but again we got so much so in this much one episode and i loved it so much it was delightful. It was all very ridiculous in the best way and also unsatisfying in certain ways because I really don't 
accept the resolution to Brad Rayberry's death. So did Clifford Blossom get the Milkman idea from the Milkman comic? No, because that was after, wasn't it? No, she... Oh, right, because they were saying she got... They were trying to pin it on her because she got it. Yeah, because she she had the comic. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, like... So then who wrote the comic? Right. And then there was that whole thing about who wrote the comic and how that guy committed suicide. That random So did Clifford kill him, too? And was like, I'm taking this idea of a murderous milkman to to use for my random assassination purposes? I just love that there was, like, six pristine outfits ready to go. Why did you need so many? Was it the same guy? I don't know. Like there could, he could have had more. We still don't know who the other milkman guy, what, like how, was he just an employee of Clifford's? Was he a Russian? There's too many, there's too many things. Only in Riverdale. That's unresolved. (laughs) Honestly, this was murder board worthy. Yes, but only if they had given us more info. No, if we had the whole season to do this, it would be right. fantastic. Yes, they could have trickled all of this out. And and it does feel very much like the same sorts of plots we've seen in the other seasons, especially with the Blossoms being behind it. That just makes a lot of sense because they are always behind it. Right. And that's what I love about it, too, that it would have been that whole, oh, this is how it relates to present day because all of this stuff happened in the 50s. And now that's why the Blossoms are the way they are. And that's why Hiram got involved. And that's why we were even fucking talking about Palladium in the first place. Like, (laughs) it's... Palladium has always been there. Again, the sex bunker. (laughs) We got it. Like Right, the origin stories. Yes. Oh, God. And no, it's the third to last fucking episode of the whole show. Right, well, because the whole point was that this wasn't, this wasn't Riverdale in the, the Riverdale that we know in the 50s, because it's them in the 50s. It's not their ancestors. I'm still very bothered. I'm still very bothered by this. I know. And that probably would have made more sense to do that, but it's complicated. So, you know, like they're they're giving origin stories here, but this is not the Riverdale that is going to move on or at least that Which we know of. is why I'm with the finale. Mm-hmm. Is part of my prediction right? <laughs> that it's a dream? Because. <laughs> Dawn. Don't do this. <laughs> if we're going to... No, hear me out. If we're going to go from the 50s and then present day, we're going to see an 86-year-old Betty. Right. Did she dream fucking everything? <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. So that is Betty from the 50s. Like, we saw the 50s. Right. And now she's 86. But she dreams an entirely separate timeline where all the other stuff happens. Yes. That's an active imagination her, for an 86-year-old. But that's her. Yeah, but if anybody is going to have that <laughs> great of a fucking imagination, it's uh, going to be Betty. It's not going to be Archie. We know that. No, he, can, he can't imagine himself out of a paper bag. But... <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. (laughs) (laughs) But Betty's going to come up with this shit. Betty's going to have the story and... Like, I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. No, I don't either. But I just want to make sense of it all. Because again, if it's... They're they're clearly... Again, you have to keep telling me, but I know. (laughs) They're not ancestors. It's it's not that. So if you're going to tie it all together, what the fuck was season one to six then? Yeah. Either seasons one through six were a waste of time or season seven was a waste of time. I really hope it's just seven. I know. Me too. And I'm not sure what... How it has to end for that to be the case. Did you watch to see a preview? I did. I did not. Yes. Okay. So what is? In- well, next week. I mean, it's the penultimate episode, so we're starting. Right, so Tabitha's back. Yes. I knew that much. Tabitha's back, and Jughead remembers. Um, he gets triggered oh. to remember. It's basically that. There's other flashes of things, like you never really quite know what's going on there, right. but. But that was like my takeaway is that we're starting to push back into this weird in-between landscape of where the fuck do we belong? Okay. Because, yeah, and then the synopsis says like something about, oh, the past comes back to haunt them or whatever or something like that. Yeah. They have like a big decision to make that's going to impact. Yeah. Yeah. 
their whole future, whatever. I'm assuming it's a decision about whether or not they should stay in the 50s because that didn't go so well at the beginning when Jughead was like, hey, we should all go back. Um, and they were like, but again, is it wanna? just him or are they all going to get that memory? I think at this point, they all better start thinking about it <laughs> in, a, in a more real way because otherwise that's going to be very depressing. So. Right, so then they all decide to stay in the 50s, and that's why we get Betty at 86? I don't know, Dawn. I don't know. Because then she lives a whole, they live a whole Yes, a whole existence. That's what I was saying last time, because the age would match up properly for for aging into the the present day from the 50s. Oh, my brain. (sighs) I know. It's not great. I just, I'm glad I finally enjoyed an episode. Me too. Yeah. So like this whole season wasn't a total waste. And I think maybe this was like far and away the best episode. Maybe the first episode was good because Jughead was aware. And so that was kind of interesting. Right. We were still in this like detective mode trying to figure it out. Yes. But it's episode 18. Like I know. It took 18 fucking episodes. What a waste of time. Oh. I still can't believe it's going to be over. I know. It's not going to sink in right away, I don't think. No. And that being said, our schedule is a little different for the end. Next Tuesday, you'll have... Mm-hmm. The penultimate. Episode, penultimate. But then the finale will be on Friday. Finale Friday. Finale Friday. Friday, September 1st. Yes, it's a combination um, of scheduling issues, but also we want to deliver an appropriate send-off for yes. this series that is the whole reason we started this podcast in the first place. Exactly. So, and we didn't want to put it off a week so it could be on a Tuesday. Like, we, Yes, we want to do something nice and special. Yes, and I have a feeling that going for and also going forward, our schedule will definitely yes. change anyway. Right. Now we don't have to plan around Riverdale. <laughs> We're not committed to this schedule, so. Yes, keep an eye on our socials because John will let you know. Yes, I will let you know. And uh, you know where to find us. Twitter, X, whatever the fuck you want to call it these days. (laughs) Instagram. But obviously we keep everything up to date. So keep an eye out. We got two episodes to go. We'll be back on movies before. Before you know it. Yay. Hell, Emily and Paris will come back soon, too. Oh, I keep seeing, like, little updates about it. Like, here's everything we know about season four. And it's, like, literally the same things we knew about season four, like, months ago. Like, go away. Really quick, I'm curious, though. Did it beat the strike? Or is it, like, mid-strike? I don't know. Uh, I don't know that it will make a big difference. I think the writers are a bunch of chimpanzees in a room anyway. <laughs> so They're using AI to start, so it doesn't even matter. Right. And it's like first-gen AI that really sucks. Oh, my God. But, yeah, so definitely we'll have other stuff. We'll have other fun stuff. So be on the lookout. And is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, August 15th is a pretty lame day for holidays, but I will... Shout out Check the Chip Day. So for all you pet parents out there, just oh. to remind you to microchip your pets. Oh, Lily's microchipped. Even yeah. if they're not outdoor pets, both of my cats are microchipped because God forbid they ever escapade. I would feel so much better knowing that if anybody brought them in somewhere, they could get scanned and return to me safely. So exactly. also don't buy into the scam that you need to pay to have your microchip registered. It's free to do that. So... that's a very good tidbit of information yeah a lot of places like home again or whatever they they want you to pay for like special access to their database okay but you can register a microchip at like a bunch of free places and it'll still register so fantastic microchip your pets Uh, yes that is the psa of the evening and spay and neuter sorry there you go (laughs) oh what's his name that did the spay and neuter your pets the price is right out. Bob Barker. Yeah. Spay and new to your pets, everyone. And until then, that's it. <laughs>